Hey, girl. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Awesome. I'm excited to chat with you today for our very first ever podcast episode. <laughs> yes, so cool. Um, I guess we should introduce ourselves, right? I guess people might want to know who we are. Should we use our <laughs> real names? Is that weird? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> this is Barbara Walters. No, yes. I'm just kidding. My name's Crystal. And I'm Stacy, and this is our Itty Bitty Belly Committee podcast. Yay, the IBBCP. <laughs> yep, IBBCP, that's us. Maybe we don't put the P on the end because it sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm excited to do this with you and talk about like what we're doing and what the IBBC is and why we're doing it and all of those things. And I feel like since this is your brainchild and I'm just your trusty sidekick, I think you should like kick us off with like your inspiration or like why we're doing this and like what we're doing. If you oh, want. sweet. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely uh, share. So IBBC was just kind of a something to fill a need that was my own. I think, uh, honestly, most things in my life start from a very selfish place. And I think this is no <laughs> different. <laughs> the best place um, to be. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I was just thinking if I feel like I need support, then I'm sure there's others out there that feel the same way. And um, I really tried to find a group that I could connect with and that I could, you know, consider my own and my team in this weight loss journey. And so for me, I really had a hard time finding it and mm-hmm. also something that I liked, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of put it out there and I asked people, Hey, are you interested in joining a support group? And the influx of followers and friends and people that were interested was just out of this world. So I think there's definitely a need for it. And I just wanted to create a really safe and happy place where people can just basically come and, you know, spill all the tea. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's how we met because I saw, well, actually that was like the second thing I saw from you, like on Instagram being like a Instagram troll. Um, Cause I'm like a lurker. Like I'll like, <laughs> I'll connect with people and then I don't really like to engage too much unless I really like them. Um, and I'm quick to delete people. Like I'm a purger, but I saw the first video I saw of yours, you were eating um, broccoli and beef, like at your work. And you were talking about how, how you eat now and that you were taking like a certain amount of bites and then you would sit on your hands. And I was like, this chick is so funny. Like I do this and I didn't realize other people did it. And I didn't, I don't think I even like liked your video or anything. I just thought that was so funny. And then like a week later you did, or I saw at least this video of about like this desire for connection. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to slide into this bitch's DMS and see what's up and see if we like vibe. And I'm glad I did and made the first move because now we're doing this cool thing together. So awesome. So awesome. Thanks for putting yourself out there initially and like opening the door for that conversation for like so many women. I think you said there's like 40 women who, who are interested or people, I guess, not just women, but people who are interested in, in this kind of world or like connecting with each other. So yeah. It just, and it, it wasn't even with any real intention. It was just kind of like a story on Instagram that lasted all of 24 hours. And just in mm-hmm. that time frame, people were like, yes, oh my gosh, we need this. We need this. Yeah. Most, most surgeons offices, I think they try to do something supportive, but I mm-hmm. I'm asking, I'm trying to find out and it's pretty rare that, you know, people follow through and that those are the people that they want to connect with anyways. So yeah, <laughs> create a cooler community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely, I will preface everything I say with, I am not a doctor. I'm not an expert. This is my only opinion. Don't come at me. Don't cancel me. Anybody, please. Not that like a billion people are going to listen to this. Just saying. Um, Maybe a billion people will listen to this. Who knows? But I feel that there is this weird vibe on Instagram that I just don't prescribe to. Like I didn't have weight loss surgery in order to do anything other than to be healthier and I'm not doing it to like build a career or a platform or for myself or 
be sponsored by food companies. Like, I feel like that's so weird. And I know we've yeah. discussed this a bit before, but um, there's this, like, this group of, of women I've seen on Instagram and more power to them, not rock on, do your thing. But that's just not for me. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Not for me. So I think, I think even with like COVID and like people being so removed from their normal sense of community and then having surgery on top of that, like this is like a perfect storm for, for something like this that we're trying to do, or we just want to like provide a place for people to connect with one another on this like shared topic, but it bleeds into so much more in your life. Absolutely. Um, I mean, our weight loss surgery, it didn't stem from just food. Like there was all kinds of roots underneath it. So I think Mm -hmm. when you can find the community that you can really, you know, delve deep and and talk to freely and openly about those things, it's really, you know, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And you said, or like a minute ago or whatever, that you know that there's in theory, there's like these support groups for people who have this surgery, like through your insurance. And that's because you went through your insurance, right? Like you went through like your health insurance to do the surgery. Yeah. But I think it's just something that my surgeons offer, my surgeon's office would offer regardless of how you came to their office. Mm, But I've been trying to ask, and I, I think that it's relatively few and far between where they have an actual support group. And because of COVID, they've actually canceled the support group completely. So (laughs) in the time, right. I mean, so in the timeframe that I've had surgery, I'm like, well, I don't even have this resource available to me. So if it's not available to me, even when it's supposed to be, why not Mm -hmm. just do something that, you know, could, could make it available, I guess. Yeah. Like DIY it, like everything Absolutely. in life. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's great. Like I, it takes gumption and I like women who have gumption. Like um, there's a Eleanor Roosevelt quote that I don't know of, so I'm not going to like butcher it, but something about being like women who have gumption are the best type of women or something, you know? So I like it. I like your idea. I like the women that I've met. So you and I have been in, you've been doing lots of these meetings, like these yeah. meetups. Mm-hmm. I've done two, like my, my group is on Sunday mornings with you. And I really like the women in the group. My um, accountability partner, Desiree and I chat every day. And today it was like, Hey, I'm eating lunch. How are you? And you know, it was just like, nice to have like a new friend. And I mean, I have like a really good group of girlfriends that I've had for 15 years. I'm really lucky with that. And they're raising their kids and I'm like the cool auntie and we go to all each other's birthday parties and everything. And, and I have that, but I still can't really connect with them about my weight loss. Like they even say weird things like, and they don't mean it weirdly, but they're like, Oh, I can just see how much more confident you are now. And I'm like, no bitch, I was confident 300 pounds. I didn't care like then either, you know, like I, I don't think I was like, mousy or like not wanting to come out of my shell and now I'm skinnier so now I'm more confident like no I just my clothes fit better that's absolutely that's it you know yep I talk a lot so no like all of our friends no it's true like all of your existing friends if they haven't been there or done that it's really hard for them to relate and it's also really hard for them to find the right words that support you you know like I've even had friends say to me like I don't know if I'm allowed to eat in front of you like I don't know what to you know, and it's like, oh, that's a weird thing to say. And so it's, it's mm-hmm. true. You really do need these support, you know, that we call them the accountability partners within the group, but you really do need somebody that can just completely understand this journey and can literally walk like side by side with you. And I think what's cool is that you didn't get to pick her. Like, <laughs> you guys were yeah. fine. and so part of it is like, there's no, you know, already existing thoughts. I believe it's just, it's just two women that, you know, there, you guys are now like creating this like sisterhood in a, in a sense that mm-hmm. um, you're going to be going through this on the day to day as each other's support, basically, you know, for, for weight loss surgery. So, yeah, really I was cool. like, I was feeling so insecure. I was like, oh, what if she doesn't like me? Or what if I was like, not the one she wanted <laughs> to be with? <laughs> and then I was like, well, she's stuck with me now. But thankfully, she likes me, I think so. <laughs> and I and I think that it's cool. Like when you have two different personalities, and you have two very different, like, you know, just walks of life in general, like, obviously, there's one thing that bonds all of us. But at the same time, too, like, there's so much that we can learn from one another, mm-hmm. when we do have different stories, you know, and then in the end of the day, you know, we all got to the same place. So it's just a matter of, like I said, just kind of like 
rediscovering those roots together and just really working through some of that, that old bullshit. Yeah. And there's different layers, right? Like some of us have kids, some of us don't like you and I, you and I are, you, I think a little unique in that we're both in our mid to late thirties. We both Mm -hmm. don't have slash maybe don't want kids like Mm -hmm. that ship may have sailed. Mm -hmm. We both quit smoking for the surgery. And so that's too big for me. It was like a big crutch was food and cigarettes, like two things I loved in life. And now I don't get like pleasure from either of them anymore. Um, Food is like slowly more pleasurable, but not really. It's a chore. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't drink. I don't know if you drink, but after the surgery, you really shouldn't drink. My opinion is that you shouldn't drink for like, there's just a lot of lifestyle changes other than that you can eat less food or certain types of food. Yep. Um, I don't I, drink at all. I haven't experimented yeah. with drinking whatsoever. So I, yeah, I haven't drank in 10 years. I felt like I was a little ahead of the curve because, and I can go into this like more in depth later, but I had, when I turned 30 anxiety and mental illness, like kicked in hard for me. And so I was like, Oh, rather than getting help <laughs> or admitting I needed help, I'm just going to do this myself. So I will quit drinking. I will, quit sugar. I will quit caffeine. I will stop partying. And cause I used to drink coffee all day and then I drink alcohol at night. And then I would take some kind of natural sleeping pill to go to sleep at night. So it was constant up, down, up, down. And mm-hmm. I did it all in my twenties. Cause you know, I was a cool girl in my twenties. And so my body and my brain like caught up with me. And so I was already like with this surgery, I was already ahead of the game because I didn't really eat sugar, don't drink coffee. I didn't drink alcohol. So now it's like, I, you know, I feel like I can't for a while and maybe I will at some point, but it's nice to have this excuse rather than, oh, I just had really bad anxiety. So I stopped being a normal person, like this quote unquote normal, you know, person or whatever. Um, But I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I just was going to say like alcoholism actually runs in my family. So I think Mm. at some point, and even though I don't necessarily think that I would be, I mean, nobody goes into addiction thinking I'm going to be an addict, you know, Mm. but (laughs) at the same time too, like I know I have an addictive personality. And so I've heard of people and transfer addictions and things like that, where, you know, no longer are you able to turn to food, but now you have these other substances that just go down perfectly and super easy. And now it's like, you know, your, your new crutch. And so I think that more than anything, I'm just, I'm just happy to get away from it, you know, just Mm -hmm. in general and just have this, like you said, as an excuse or a reason, you know, that, that other people can understand and make sense to them that I don't want to drink anymore because I'm really, I really don't want to go down that road of, you know, now it's not food, but now it's going to be booze, right? Gambling or whatever you hear about people, like they become like gambling addicts or their husband or their partner. Oh, well, shopping's. I mean, you and I are both shoppers, so I think that's acceptable. <laughs> I'm just saying, I won't, I won't give that one up. But I mean, I did get cruelly fired from my job, which I'll probably harp on a lot because I'm still bitter about it. So I can't shop right now. But when you went to the YSL store the other day, I was like, this bitch. <laughs> I looked at my Chanel purse like, okay, stop being a baby. You have two Chanel's. Like, stop being a baby. But I really wanted a YSL purse. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I was like, I had my eyes on that for quite some time. And it really is the kind of bag that I would never pick. Yeah. So I kind of felt like it was really seriously a tribute to like the weight loss journey for me. You know, it's like mm. I was always with like the mom totes, like shit that I could like throw everything into, get to work and like you know, carry around, like carry around everything, which mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't even have kids. So what the, what do I need all this fucking space for? Well, your cigarettes, right? Like, yeah, right. I, well, yeah, <laughs> my cute little Chanel 20 centimeter or whatever could barely fit my phone, my key fob for my car and then a pack of smokes. So I wanted something small. I wanted like yeah. a hot go out, like, like hot shit bag. And I'm like, finally, mm-hmm. like, I'm actually going to go for it because I don't, I don't need all this space for everything. I'm not you got it. giant lunches and, you know, so. Yeah. 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 Should we call it the itty bitty purse committee too? Yay, there we go. <laughs> we don't need to talk about purses. It's a problem. I will show you like my knockoff sites that I use too because I get some really good ones. Stop. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> um. So I really want to, if you're open to talking about it and then I can talk about it, I want to hear 
or like I'm curious like what what your journey was to deciding to get the surgery if you're comfortable sharing that I think you are I mean that's why we're here girl okay good let's do it let's sit what is it (laughs) sit crooked and talk straight that's my favorite saying that's it um yeah so I I think that I might be in the minority when I say this um I spent Mm. the majority of my life growing up and it as like a healthy weight Mm. um I was not I was not dealing with any really serious weight fluctuations or issues or dieting or whatnot until I was into my 20s so Mm. but growing up I will say this my mom was always morbidly obese um I had friends that would pick on me because of that And even though my mom was like the cool mom that everybody knew and loved, like all my friends loved her, um, it it was something that really always bothered me that Mm -hmm. people would look at her and and judge her by her weight. And -hmm. I know it was something that my mom was always very uncomfortable with. Um, She had a really bizarre way about her that I think a lot of women can relate to, and I certainly could as an adult. But as a kid, I saw her eating super healthy, really small bits of food here and there and then she would have like a purse stash or Mm. like an ice cream you know so it's like she had all of the food that was contributing to her weight issues but she was hiding everything Hmm. right Mm. and into my adult life um I noticed that I started doing some of that weird stuff too so um, mm-hmm. really my weight issues kind of started when, um, I had first moved out to Vegas. So I'm from, my family's in Cleveland, in the Cleveland area. So I grew up there. Um, I wanted a break after high school. I always felt like I never fit in that, like very wholesome town <laughs> I grew up <laughs> <Yeah>. in, <laughs> like the suburbs of Cleveland. It was like very, you know, you can imagine, um, it's just so, very white bread, right? Totally. Like, yeah. yeah. Like it's very like just cookie cutter. And then I came to Vegas. I actually was visiting. My uncle was retiring here at the time. And I visited and I saw all these different like, you know, people and cultures and people that like didn't talk to each other just at the grocery store and shit. Like I was like amazed by the fact <laughs> that I could just fit into this place that like nobody knew me. And it was mm. great. You know, I just loved being a nobody for, you know, all my life. I was like, I just felt like I was on, under such a microscope in a small town. So mm. it was fabulous. I moved out here. I started going to college. That's actually why I came was to uh, go to UNLV. And my second year of school, I got extremely sick and nobody knew what the hell was wrong with me. And so finally, I went back to the Cleveland Clinic, bunch of tests. As it turns out, I had celiac disease, which back in Mm. 2005, nobody knew what the hell that was. Mm -hmm. It was like such an anomaly. Um, And the very simple, all I had to do was change my diet to gluten free. But I was super sick to the point where I was very thin and when I would go back for my checkup, it was such a mind fuck. Like I would go back for my checkups and my doctor would say, Oh, you gained weight. That's so great. That means you're eating correctly now because Mm -hmm. I was so malnourished that I was losing all this weight. So anyways, I just was like my brain all of a sudden went, well, shit, if I'm losing weight, then that means I'm unhealthy. That means that my body's not, something's wrong. Yeah. Right. So I was like, Oh gosh, this is, you know, I can't be losing weight. It's scary. But then I would start like fluctuating in my weight. And so then I had a really nasty boyfriend at the time who made some comments about my weight. And I decided to go to the gym and try to, you know, you know, beat my body up and and figure out the gym thing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it all started was in my early 20s. And then I, I would diet, I'd be really strict, I would exercise, I would see changes on the scale, I would see changes in my clothes. And then boom, I would be off it. I'm like an on or off yo-yo diet freak. And Mm -hmm. so for the last really 15 years, it's been like that. I'm either on or I'm off. And I finally went on this journey a few years ago of like self-discovery and just like learning to love myself and learn to love my body. Like I was even looking at journal prompts recently for a book that I'm trying to put together regarding my weight loss surgery. And I was reading old journal prompts like I hated myself. Like Mm. I just, oh my gosh, I would just beat myself down and I just had the most terrible self-talk. So I'm glad that I did go through this kind of, you know, self-love timeframe of my life in my thirties, but now I've kind of gotten to a point really over the last year through COVID and everything else, it was a really, it was a freaky year for us. My husband got super sick. Mm. Um, and I finally just had to go, what the hell are you doing? And I, I happened to follow a couple of weight loss surgery accounts at the time. 
Um, and I also got reconnected with a surgeon who eight years ago took out my gallbladder and I randomly like found his name online. It's having so many issues because now that I don't have my gallbladder, I feel like I'm having all this acid reflux and all these issues. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because he took out my gallbladder. Let me try and find him again. Well, yeah. talk about serendipity. I, I Google searched this guy and he has his own bariatric clinic. And I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. I'm like, well, here I am wanting to, you know, deal with all this, you know, acid reflux, which really in the end of the day, it had to do with the fact that I was like overweight, you know, I mean, it had nothing yeah. really to do with anything other than like, you know, I needed to lose weight. And that's, that's what it was. So I, um, I ended up getting back in touch with my surgeon, Dr. Hannah, and he's so great. But, um, you know, he just told me he's like, well, you know, I have this bariatric clinic now. And if I've got to go in there to repair other things, because of the gallbladder surgery, like, let's talk about this, you know, you might qualify, let's, let's mm. get in touch with your insurance and see what that process is. And that's, that's where it all began. And I kind of had this like, thought in the back of my head, like, okay, go through the insurance process. It takes six months, see what they say. There's a chance that they may not even approve you. Like I wasn't certain that I wanted surgery before I actually started the process. So hmm. for me, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, well, let's just see, you know, let's just, let's just, you know, start it and see how it goes. But as yeah. soon as they call, they made the call and they're like, yep, we can schedule you. I'm like, all right, Hey, this is it. I, I didn't go through all this work to turn around now. So I was well, definitely how happy. How long was it between like <clears throat> your initial convo with your doctor to like them approving and then you had your surgery? So they called it six months. It closed, it kind of shook out to be closer to seven months just because of, you know, your initial consult has to be, you know, a certain, it doesn't count towards like the six consecutive follow like just silly shit. So anyways, my first mm. conversation with the doctor was September of 2020. I had my surgery May of 2021. So, you know, it, it was exactly right around that six, seven month mark um, where I was able to get all the appointments done and also get the surgery scheduled. The other thing, when you go through insurance, they're kind of funny. They have to see you on the schedule one time a month, every single month. So oh, okay. they're really weird about, you know, the timing of everything. You can't just like go to six appointments and then think you're good to go. Like it has to be within 30 days and hmm. all that jazz. So it took a while. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, the, the route you took is like a lot of work, but it's also really thorough. So maybe you were more prepared than I was. <laughs> I just, I didn't <laughs> feel that way. I honestly, I just felt more annoyed by how many appointments I had to go to. And mm -hmm. because I had spent so much of my life studying like f nutrition and like, you know, always on a diet or always going here, there are other things for, for weight loss. I'm like, oh, there's nothing that they can teach me that I don't already know. Like, let's just do this, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, as far as my body being healthy enough to have surgery, absolutely. They did every single test, every single scope, every, like all the stuff they did it. So from that standpoint, it was probably a good thing. Yeah, that's great. I definitely was like <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, I can go into more. Yeah. Share, but, um, and then when did you have your surgery? So my surgery was May 14th of 2021. Okay. So you're just six May, June, July, August. So I so have exactly five months? three, no, three months, three and a half. Jeez. Yeah. I'll oh, be, it's September. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll be, I'll be June, at four July. months in 14 days. So, oh, and that's right. Cause we were both 14th, but I was on Valentine's day. Exactly. So we have this, we have a same anniversary day, just different month. Exactly. And you're, you weigh less than I do, but I'll catch up with you. Don't worry. <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe. My Maybe goal. <laughs> I know. My goal, my ultimate goal, like when I first had my surgery was to get to 170 because I'm 5'9". Mm -hmm. And I felt like that's at the higher range of my healthy range, but I'm like broad shoulders. I've always been like, quote, like big boned and athletic. And I mean, if I get down to like looking like Giselle, um, I'll be fine with that. But like 170 <laughs> is cool too, you know, maybe not Giselle because I actually, she's like my least favorite model, but just saying like, I don't have that lean, like greyhound dog body that models do, but I'm not opposed to getting it. We'll see. Yeah. I think I it's know. one of those things where you kind of just have to feel out your body. Like I was laughing with somebody the other day telling him like, I haven't been 
at a healthy weight for any substantial amount of time since I was like, I don't know, in my like teens and early 20s, maybe. Yeah. So I have no idea where my body's going to want to land. I have no clue. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's important to recognize, too, is like we are kind of at the mercy of our body, too. Like we're giving it all the love and nutrition and support it needs, but really it's going to come down to genetics and like where our body wants to be healthy at too. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to be healthy. It is nice to see that my BMI at 30 is now just overweight instead of like morbidly obese, which really hurt my feelings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My, I have this scale. Maybe we can like get sponsored by the scale company, but, um, I have this scale that I use that's called Abion, A-B-Y-O-N. And I really like it because it tells you like your bone density and your BMI and like, like 20 different categories based off of your weight and your height. Um, but it does also tell you like your BMI or not your BMI, like your very, I don't know, like your metabolic age is what it's called. Oh, and cool. I'm, I just turned 39 and it consistently tells me that I'm 45 and I'm like, you know what? Fuck you scale. I'm not 45. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's going to be cursing in here probably mostly because of me, but I think you have a potty mouth too. I definitely do. I try hard not to, but Uh, just just be yourself, bro. Um, Well, that's, I'm really glad that you shared that. I also wanted to say too, it's interesting that gallbladder disease and weight loss go a little hand in hand. Like I had my gallbladder taken out when I had my surgery, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, But I think I know that they, that you hear that a lot in the, in this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm kind of bummed they took it because it makes it even harder to eat like hamburger or like red meat. My body's just like, nope. And I don't know if it's from like the surgery or from my gallbladder being gone, but Whatever. I'll deal with it. Um, but yeah, so my, my, was there anything else you want to add about your experience? No, Sorry, I didn't mean no, to, like, that's, jump in no, on you. that's it. Please do. It's really hard for me not to talk. I'm going to have to really work on this. Um, <laughs> uh, so I decided, so last summer I went to the doctor to do a pap smear And I had gone through like the COVID disaster was like really hard on me personally because I lost my company and I was dealing with a lot of stress. And so I, I feel like I probably put on like a quick 30 pounds, like between the beginning of last year and then the summer of last year. Mm -hmm. And I just was like at home and eating whatever I wanted. And we were eating like a lot of like post-mated junk food or like Chinese food and So I was just like eating my feelings and I also like didn't really care because I've always been, I've always fluctuated greatly Um, since I met my fiance, he's my new fiance, but since I met him eight years ago, I actually had gained like 80 pounds and he didn't really seem to care. Like he was like, I love you, whatever, no matter what. And I just, I don't know, like I wasn't feeling like I I wasn't paying attention to my health is like the easiest Mm -hmm. way to put it. So it's the dog. Yeah, it just kind of got away from me, and I had other things to worry about. And um, so I went to the doctor, like my first in-person visit to get a Pap smear in like a long in a while, and they were like, "Oh wow, like you've you've gained some weight." And I was like, "Really?" And I looked down, and it was like three oh six, and my heart sank because I'd never gone over like two eighty, and the two eighty mm-hmm. was like my biggest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and then I was instantly like embarrassed and I felt like I was going to cry, but I was like, stop being a bitch, like pull it together, like just go <laughs> in the room. And so I went in the room and it was a new gyno and already like no one likes to go in and get their vagina probed and like, you know, well, unless it's like a fun time, but like doctor visit, it's not the best. And yeah, I was already yeah. like, you know, you're already uncomfortable and not super stoked to be like throwing your legs up in stirrups. And I was really uncomfortable And this doctor was like the meanest doctor I've ever talked to. And she, and I was like, woman to woman, like be nicer, bro. But she was just not very nice. And I walked away, I came out of the doctor's appointment and I got my car and I started like crying and I am not, I am pretty emotional, but I'm not very sensitive. So Mm. for it to hit me like that, I think it, it was a lot. And I was like, okay, like that's it. Like, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to do intermittent fasting and I'm going to do keto and I'm just going to take this very seriously. And like the answer is carbs, like getting rid of carbs. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, that's it. Like, I just have to get this under control. Mm -hmm. And so then I started looking at, um, like vertical sleeve surgery because I'm obsessed with this uh, website called real, real self. I think that's what it's called. But anyways, it's all about people leaving reviews about their plastic surgeries. <laughs> and, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but one of them, like you can also get like, cause even though it's not vertical VSG surgery, isn't cosmetic quote unquote cosmetic. It is for some people, they it's like a chosen surgery elective elective. yeah Mm -hmm. so I would see those pop up every once in a while and like these emails they would send out and I I mean everyone who's ever dealt with their weight is aware of these surgeries like bypass surgery I had my aunts my aunts on my stepdad's side they all had bypass surgery in the like late 90s early 2000s and they had like horrible well not all of them but they all had like issues from it Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for them but I know of a lot of people who have had surgery and like one chick I know she got like addicted to pain pills and then I would see like oh they have to take vitamins for the rest of their lives because their hair is falling out like you hear all the bad stuff you never hear the good stuff you know and um and then even like celebrities because I'm like a celebrity pop culture like junkie like you would see these curvy musicians or actresses who are all of a sudden dropping a hundred pounds in six months. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I just only eat fish now. And you're like, no bitch, I know you did something else. Like, let's be honest with each (laughs) other, but whatever, you know, like I, you don't want to admit it. That's fine. But I can name like four girls who used to look like how I used to look, who are now don't look like that anymore. And they're all famous. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know you didn't like, can you just be honest, but whatever, not my problem. So anyway, so I started looking at it. And it was like, I think I needed this wake up call with the doctor to be really mean to me to realize like I had a problem, right? Like the first step is admitting you have a problem. And so I was like, I talked to my insurance because I have like Kaiser insurance and they, they were really supportive and they're like, yay for making a positive choice. Also quit smoking. Like every time I talked to them, they're like, quit smoking. I was like, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, we have the, because of COVID, we're doing everything virtually. So in a month, we'll set you up on this call and then they'll give you like information. I'm like, okay. So a month later, long story short, I went to this meeting and at 10 minutes in, I was like, nope, this isn't for me. Like it was, I felt like excessive and I get that some people have, and maybe I do too, but I wasn't really ready to like at that point to admit it. Like they have like food addiction problems or mm-hmm. whatever. And I felt like, no, I have all these other reasons that I have. I just, I don't eat enough. And then I eat like really late at night and I eat really bad or Mm -hmm. I have PCOS. And so I have insulin resistance. So that's why I have this. It's never, it was never like that. I just ate too much of shitty food Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready to admit it. And I didn't, I just felt like I don't want to go through, I'm in therapy. I didn't want to go through their therapy, like whatever. And so this is very classic me as everyone will get to know me better. But I was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. I'm just going to figure it out my own way. So yeah. I figured out my own way and I, I'm happy with this choice I made. Um, I decided to find my own doctor who is cash based and they have, they're great. They have a supportive Facebook group that you, I quickly got plugged into And I met a few girls on there um, and asked them about their experience, like Mm -hmm. women I felt like I could connect with, um, with this doctor. And I feel like trepidatious admitting this, like, but I went to Tijuana, which is a little bit, I feel like a little controversial sometimes. Um, But I went to Tijuana, which is a thriving uh, surgical community. And I went to a doctor, it's called EOC. And my doctor's name is Dr. C. And um, basically, they they gave me everything I needed to get my surgery done in, like, eight weeks. So I did, um, like, their pre-op surgery, or pre-op surgery, like, diet. They the have liquid, you... Liver reduction? Yeah, to shrink your liver. Mm-hmm. Um, I started it in December 
in like October and I was very, I was being a real chicken about actually like scheduling my date. So I was like, let me just do this diet and see how it goes. So I did that. And, um, I was like, okay, like this isn't too bad. So then I had a consult with a doctor and he basically was like, look, based on your BMI and your height and weight, whatever you need to do the, the, um, diet for a certain amount of time. I think it was like three weeks. And then, and, and you'll start that like once you book your date. So you let us know when you want to do it. Um, and so I talked to like my family about it, talked to my boyfriend about it. I checked out my finances and like figured out how to pay for it and mm-hmm. booked it for Valentine's day of this year. So from October to February, I did like their pre-op diet, like off and on, like pretty consistently, but not like a thousand percent. And then when the three week marker started, I was like, okay, that's it. Like, I'm going to do this for real. And that was actually, I think we all do some type of pre-op diet, but it was really restrictive and really hard. And they were like, and you have to quit smoking. Like the sooner the better, but you have to do it at least three weeks before. Like when you start your pre-op diet officially, like you have to stop smoking. And of course I didn't because I was like, I can't give up cigarettes and food. (laughs) So I got, I cut back to like half a pack a day and then a week, (laughs) a week out, this is, do not do this. Anyone, I'm not advising anyone to not follow the rules because they get mad if you say this stuff on like their Facebook group. (laughs) Don't do what I do. But a week out, I was like. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die in surgery because I'm still smoking. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the risks, Uh, you know, my lungs are not healthy for uh, healthy enough for this. And I'm already fat. And now I'm, I can't, you know, I'm going to die and I'm really scared of surgery. I never had had surgery before either, by the way, like I've never gone under, never had surgery. Um, so I called my doctor's office and I, or I emailed them and I was like, I have to confess, I've been doing the diet. I've been doing really well. I'm, I've dropped like 20 pounds, but I didn't quit smoking. And the doctor emailed me back right away. And he said, if you put a patch on right now and do not have one more cigarette, we can still do your surgery. And thank you for letting us know because your anesthesiologist needs to know this. So I said, okay. And that was like a Sunday because my surgery was like following Sunday. And um, yeah, I put a patch on. I didn't ever pick up another cigarette since then. It's been nine months, almost nine months since I quit smoking. No, just kidding. February to September, eight months. Is that right? Yeah. Math is not my strong suit. I'm pretty, so I never had to learn math. But um, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, you're not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So anyway, so I did it. And my boyfriend, like, took me down to Tijuana. And if you're not familiar with Tijuana, it doesn't have the best reputation, like, for safety. It's a border town. Um, but I used to live down in Mexico, so I'm really confident with going down there. I just don't go often because it's a pain in the butt to come back over the border. But mm-hmm. we went down. We were there for five days, and I got to stay in, like – I mean, I'll go into my whole deal then. But anyways, long story short, got to tell, like, the long stories ever. Um, I had my surgery in Mexico without insurance, but my primary care at Kaiser was super supportive. He did all of my pre-op blood work to make sure like where my level, like just to kind of have a starting point and also to make sure I was good. When I went to Mexico, I did do the electrocardiogram or whatever, um, and blood work and they did something else too, whatever COVID test, obviously, but they were actually super clean and super like, I was impressed with the level of seriousness that they were, were showing for COVID compared to like San Diego people. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they were, they were not even like, they do not mess around on there. And so it was great. And then my hotel room was because of COVID, like I had my own hotel or my own um, hospital room and I just like watched TV and, you know, got through it, but I will go into it another time. But I was telling you about how I had to like walk myself into the surgery room (laughs) and like get naked and then lay on the surgery table, like a piece of meat and (laughs) It was like the, like, I'm so proud of myself for doing it as someone who has anxiety, especially about medical stuff. Like that was huge to me. I was like, I'm probably going to die, but I don't care. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Um, And then the anesthesiologist, like who spoke limited English was like, 
it's okay. And he was like patting my shoulder because I was like crying, like tears were just coming down my face. And he said, This is this is the best shot of tequila you'll ever have. And I was like, just do it. Okay. <laughs> just do it. And then I was asleep. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I feel like and it's interesting to hear you say that you feel the same way somewhat is like the lack of community um, or support. I, I thought I only felt that way because I did this on my own and like, I didn't go through Kaiser and it was one of my regrets was like, Oh, I, maybe I should have gone through Kaiser because then I'd have like more support or community or whatever no. instead of doing this all on my own. But maybe, I mean, may, now I'm hearing maybe it is, similar to how you yeah. feel even though you did it like the quote-unquote like right way not that there's a right or wrong way but the more traditional way right yeah I definitely um two things I mean I really think that the stigma around going to Mexico for the surgery is really starting to kind of lift because there are so many really committed and very specific bariatric hospitals and doctors mm-hmm. that are just so so immersed in this world of weight loss surgery so yeah I get that I, I hear you know even the first time when I was considering weight loss surgery and I was talking to my husband about it for the first couple of times I'm like just so you know if this doesn't work out there's always the option of going to Mexico and paying cash for it and he was like what the like no right. what, what are you talking about you know mm-hmm. and I'm like no you don't understand they actually have full hospitals that are dedicated to this. They have rooms that are dedicated for this. They like, I wasn't it's even all on a they bariatric floor. Exactly. I wasn't yeah. even on a bariatric floor when I was discharged from surgery. So I was getting up to walk and they're like, wait, what are you doing? And I'm like, this is part of my plan. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm telling the nurses <laughs> yeah. that I need to go walking. And they're like, whoa, okay. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then also, um, shit, now I can't remember what the second part of that was. Um, the support, maybe the support. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to the support post-op, I mean, I've seen my surgeon a couple of times, but you only get support when you seek it. And I think mm-hmm. that because we have got, we have, you know, looked at Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case, we've kind of created our own community and you create it by who you follow, who you choose to, mm-hmm. you know, keep on your, on your Instagram feed. And so for me, I feel like it, that's, that's my true support. And actually, just like, you know, true to form, I created my Instagram account from a selfish place going, I need a place to vent because there is nobody in my life that understands what I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. And I remember being a week out post-op and feeling this in like terrible, terrible sense of grief and just loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like I felt like I had just lost my my go to like my ride or die best friend which was food and binging, Mm. you know, like this, this, you know, surge of just happiness that I would get from eating, you know, because Mm -hmm. early post-op, you can't have that. So I I literally went to Instagram to just bitch and moan and just complain that I was sad. You know, well, they call it, it comfort food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's comfort food for a reason, right? Like we get comfort from food and it's really unhealthy and it's hard to break up with that feeling. Totally. It's and a it's brain not to chemistry. Say that we're ever going to not have food again. And I knew yeah. I was going to be able to eat at some point, but just going so many days on just liquid stuff, you're like, Ugh, yeah. oh my God, I'm, I just feel so sad. <laughs> it's like no joke. If I, I don't think I can ever eat sugar free jello again. Sorry, jello. Yeah. But like, I can't, like, I can't look at it. I can't smell it. I, I can't. And beef broth, like, I will die. Um, yep. I also got, french onion soup from french gourmet in san diego it's literally the best french place in san diego and french food is one of my favorites obviously because it's like fatty and full of butter but i so after before surgery and then after surgery i got their french onion soup and i would just eat the broth and with like no cheese or bread or whatever and now mm-hmm. i'm like really sad that i still i can't really get into that soup anymore it's just it's like tied to that to that time period that was really hard um I started my Instagram because kind of the same thing. Like I wanted to talk about what was going on, but mostly I just wanted to hold myself accountable Mm -hmm. and I needed a place where I could post pictures of like before, during and after. And I wanted to be really good about that because I knew looking in the mirror every day, I would not see a change. And even now I still don't see a change and I've lost 101 pounds. Like it's ridiculous. I still go, Oh, no, I, I look the same. And I, 
a thousand percent don't I've lost a baby horse's weight so my body is different yes but I don't see it so I had to be I had to post things on Instagram so I could look back and go oh okay see that to compare to now like there is a difference um and also I didn't want to talk about on my like purse my normal Instagram right um so I was like, I need my own space to do this because I don't want – I don't need comments from the peanut gallery from Jennifer from high school of talking about right. this with me or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a scary thought to put your story online. And, I mean, I'm still private. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't um, – but, you know, it may change. It's just – it's one of those things where it's just such a personal journey that you you really do become selective of who you allow into it and just kind of who you share with and, and what Mm -hmm. you're sharing too. I mean, I, I created the account to just put it all there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, and not a lot of people understand that really the people that have gone through it, they're the ones that can understand and relate to you. So it's just what really connects us all in the end of the day, you know, and that's why I thought that the support group, the itty bitty, belly committee, um, (laughs) you know, could be super helpful for people Mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, find that, find their people and, you know, have this, you know, incredible support group that's behind them and cheering them on every single week and, you know, connecting with the same people. And, you know, then not to mention being connected with an accountability partner, you know, now Mm -hmm. you guys are, you know, hopefully going to be friends for life. BFFLs, BFFFLs. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, I, it reminds me of like when we were younger and I was always told to like not hang out with the bad kids because, you know, you become who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very true on social media. And I, yes. I feel like in my real life, in my norm day to day life, I, have I've lost some really good friends along the way just of like growing up right Mm -hmm. and sometimes I really try to hold on to those connections like one of my best friends I've been best friends since I was 12 but our lives are so significantly different now that it's hard it's sometimes it's just hard to connect like she's been married a few times she's got a couple kids and she Mm -hmm. still lives in my small hometown and we we have the shared connection of our past but not really our current or our future and so it's sometimes it's my point is it's hard for me sometimes to like cut those ties or let things go I I will dig in and so with social media though I'm like I feel like I'm a little heartless about it like I will cut I will delete and cut because if I don't want to see it all the time because I am on social media all the time so if I'm not I don't agree with something you're posting or I don't know. I just don't get a good vibe or I just don't like what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. I am quick to be like, boop, bye. Like not good, you know? Well, and I think you and I kind of bonded over this too. Like there's so much misinformation, bad information within the community where people are just thinking, well, if it says sugar free, then it's okay or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, like you and I don't get oh me started. God. It's dangerous. But I'm going to get sued. I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just in general, like, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you and I have a, a very like similar outlook on this where whole foods are where we're at. And I think Mm -hmm. that we are all about nourishment and nutrition and just giving our bodies the best things possible. And I think it's very true because I find myself, you know, watching people making their fucking profit every morning with like processed protein shakes and shit. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, that looks really good. Maybe I should try. And I'm like, Stacy, no, what the hell are Mm -hmm. you talking about? Go make your green smoothie and shut the hell up. You know? So it's like, it's, it's very much what you put in front of you is what you're going to, you know, really kind of create and manifest. And and that's really what the itty bitty belly committee is all about. It's just putting the right people in front of each other and really getting like, you know, solid, like life work, homework, right? Like Mm -hmm. stuff that that is going to make you really introspective and reflect and understand more about your roots. Like why are, why did we end up here and how do we never go back that way? And just really, yeah. you know, creating that sense of community um, for the weight loss surgery chick. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> totally. And to not, com- like, to really, like, have healthy choices mm-hmm. and not compare each other, uh, compare our progress to someone that's not making healthy choices, you know? Totally. Like, I don't, 
I don't want to say like names of specific brands because I don't want anyone to like come at me. I'm really scared of that. Like the whole cancel culture really freaks me out. But there's a food that's very popular, like a processed food that's sold at Costco. That that's a very broad description, but it's very popular in the bariatric world. Mm -hmm. And I've tried it because I succumbed to like peer pressure from social media. And I was like, this shit is disgusting. Like it looks (laughs) like dog food. I even had my dogs who literally like are the most food driven dogs ever sniff it. And they didn't even want it. (laughs) And I was like, I even told my boyfriend, I'm like, look at the picture on this box and now look at this like pasta after I microwaved it. And it should have been my first cue of like, I'm microwaving this. But yeah, like I have been, it's hard to not do like fake protein or protein bars or any of those things. I do do protein water. I just said (laughs) do-do. I do drink protein (laughs) water. (laughs) Anytime I say do-do, it always makes you laugh because I'm 12. Um. I drink protein water because normal water just always made my stomach hurt and I couldn't get into it. So protein water is like my one like asterisk of like not whole food or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it also has like vitamins and nutrients in it. So it's fine. But, um, yeah, like making the conscious effort of like, okay, I'm going to literally go like buy not just like sandwich meat, but like no nitrates added, like healthy protein meats, and, you know, lettuce wrap that shit with some mustard and eat some like wheat thins that are made from almond flour or whatever. Like you have to like, it's a conscious decision every day to be nice to my body and be kind to my body and put in things that I never say to my stomach anymore. What sounds good today, stomach? Cause it'll say, I want fucking in and out and I can't have in and out. So I go, okay, body. All I let you decide now is do you want hot or do you want cold? Because sometimes I want hot food and sometimes I want cold food. And if it's – I need hot, hot food if it's going to be hot. And so I'll be like, okay, I'm either going to eat some egg whites or that's hot or some yogurt or whatever, you know. But I'm trying to do – I just feel like all of us – I'm going to preach for a second. We all have gone through such a significant decision medically and it's really hard work. And I'm not going to go through all of this shit to then become unhealthy again. I don't want to say, oh, to never be to 300 pounds again. Like, screw that. I just want to be healthy. Yeah. And I want to have a long, healthy life and make the best choices mentally and physically and sexually that I can, you know? <laughs> so that's that's my whole, like, vibe is, like, whole body health, but not, like, being crazy about it. But I did run again today, which I have never been a runner. So pretty excited about that. That's um, huge. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, just the fact that I've worked out five days in the last – consistently five days in the last seven days, to me, I'm already winning. Like, that's a mission accomplished. Like we can go home now, you know, like I did it, but and I want to keep doing it. Random question. Cause I'm mm. I, now I'm curious. Like, do you mm. think that having had conversations with your AP throughout the week, like, do you feel like that's helpful? Like, has that keep you kept you motivated along the way this week? Hmm. I mean, I know you're already sure. very on, like you're very, on, I'm just curious. I'm just curious if mm-hmm. you guys have had those, like, what did you do to mm. move your body today? Kind of conversation. Mm-mm. We have not. And I, okay. I don't know that I think, I think it's just really new. So okay. there isn't a lot of accountability into it. I Thank think you. I appreciate us, the, no, yeah, <laughs> for, for at least for myself, I don't want to speak for Desiree, but for, and I did tell her that we're doing a podcast today and she was very excited about it. So I'm going to oh, shout cool. her out. Um, nice. But yeah, so we haven't really set parameters of like what we're checking in with each other about. Like I didn't say to her, hey, did you wake up and not do any news today? And did you do your meditation or whatever? Because I didn't and I don't want to get called out about it. (laughs) So (laughs) I we are but it's mostly like I feel like we're just like we're newly dating. And so we're kind of like just like when you first start dating, you're like, Hey, how's your day going? We're not like, Hey, like, did you talk to your dead grandma or something? You know, like, but we'll get there. I think. Yeah. It's not so serious. We're casually dating and we'll see what happens, but I really like her. And I do like having someone to check in with and be like, Hey, how's your day going? Like, Mm -hmm. are you, how are you feeling? Like, like on Monday, she, 
I, my days are very boring, but on Monday she was like, oh, my kids are back in school and I have like, my job is crazy because all these kids are coming back and whatever. And so I, she's like, I barely had time for lunch. And I was like, well, you still need to take time for yourself, like make yourself a priority, you know? And I was like supportive, not like, I'm going to hold you accountable for it. If that makes sense. No. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. But I like it. And I, and I, I feel like you and I talk a lot. You're, you're, you're kind of my other accountability buddy, but yeah. um, Yeah. So I think if you let's keep let's like try to wrap it up because we're almost an hour but I wanted to like I don't know if you think this is cheesy and we didn't talk about this before so you can tell me but I was thinking we could do like either like our goal and like 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 something that we're working on this week for ourselves like personally and for our body like kind of like rose and thorn thing or we could talk about like the group and or I guess we could do both. Like we could talk about like the homework that we're gonna do for this week and like what we want to work on. I don't know. You you can figure out how you wanna yeah. sum it up. No, I think I think um the homework is it's a really cool homework this week. So I think there's a lot of people that, you know, could benefit from doing it and just let's do that. Yeah. Really simple. You just answer the question. You you set a timer on your phone. Um, for 15 minutes and you just answer the question the woman I am is and just fill in the blanks and just Hmm. everything that you possibly can get on the paper you know you just write it all down and I think it's gonna be a really awesome journal prompt to revisit in a few months time Mm -hmm. and then also to discuss as a group you know like are how are we talking to ourselves I think it's Mm. what are we telling ourselves about like the truths yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that's good I think that's a really good prompt and I haven't done it but I'm going to (laughs) it's give yourself time because honestly it's kind of a it's not something that you can like structurally like you can't just sit down and and you know I had to think about it when I was given the homework assignment I had to take a couple of days and go oh my god like the woman I am is like, how do you even answer that Mm -hmm. question? And the craziest thing about, and I'll just kind of, you know, the craziest thing about it for me was everything that I wrote down, it was conflicting one of the other things that I had written. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, in the end of the day, maybe I just am still figuring all that out. You know, the I, rest I think is there's just that. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Benning Fields totally sums it up for us. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, there's uh, of course that's meditation okay. every morning. You know, a couple minutes of meditation. Um, you know, that's I think that's going to provide a lot of clarity, so that when I go mm-hmm. to answer that question again in a few months, maybe I'll have a little bit more, um, a better understanding of of the woman that I am. You know. Yeah. And I think if we have men join too, we could just say like the person that we are. Right. Or whatever. Exactly. But there we go. It's mostly chicks that I've seen on here or like are connected with. There's like a couple guys on my Instagram who I made sure they had the surgery and they just weren't like weirdos who are like chubby yes, chasers. But they're hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's awesome. So our plan is to have this podcast go out. The website will be up and running and we're like in the works on all this stuff, but there's lots of good stuff like in the works too that I'm Absolutely. really excited about. And it's a, what's the website? I should know this, but it's the itty bitty belly dot com. Yeah. And eventually we'll be able to stream it on here. And it's, yeah. So itty bitty belly.com. I created like a podcast page on there, which I haven't like filled in yet, but hopefully we can direct people to like where they can hear this. But Um, We're also going to set up or I'm also going to set up the option where you can, as a listener, call and leave us a voicemail, either telling us how amazing we are um, or asking a question. (laughs) Don't give us criticism because I'll just delete it because I don't have room in my heart for that right now. Um, Maybe if it's funny criticism, like you just sound way too sexy. I might take that. That would be fine. Um, But yeah, so we'll set up a voicemail that you can call and I don't know it yet, but I'll have a link and everything. So um, I just think it'd be fun to give um, like unprofessional non-medical advice to people and like help fix their lives because I'm a know-it-all. Yep. Um, So I think we'll be very helpful for people. And I think we're going to shoot. I mean, this one's an hour because we're kind of getting started, but we're going to shoot for like half an hour episodes. Yeah. In the future. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And I'm not going to edit out my singing, even though 
I'm already feeling uncomfortable about it and I want to delete it, but I won't because it's funny. Please <laughs> so don't. I'll leave it in. Please don't. <laughs> Everything in my life basically goes back to like The Hills from MTV. So, oh, oh. my God. Are you rewatching it? Uh, no, but I do watch. Not rewatching it, but the, 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 the new series. The Hills no, has returned. Uh, I know it returned. Um, the only show that I have consistently watched for 20 years on MTV is The Challenge, which I, I know <clears throat> you are also a challenge person. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not really into the new blood, but I'll get into it, I think. But anyways, uh, yeah. So, but I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm half Lauren, half Heidi, and just like trying to figure it out. Sometimes I'm Adrena. I don't know, but I don't know where I was going with that but let's sum it up <laughs> oh because I'm not Tasha Benningfield song that's right there he is. yes um okay cool is there anything else you want to add in the last five seconds no this is fun thanks for okay. hanging with us yeah thanks for <laughs> hanging with us and I love you everybody but especially Stacy. and I'll talk yes. to you soon all right take care okay bye bye <laughs>